Alright everyone, welcome to another episode of Check Your Six amidst another the continued coronavirus crisis and the end of all in-person events as we know it for now. Not to be too hyperbolic about it. Uh, but good thing we still have esports online and the collegiate scene because as far as I know, no schools have been closing down and shutting, up, shutting off sh their teams as much as I had heard of a few teams who were like, all intramural sports are canceled, but we're an esports team. Doesn't matter. That was solved, sorted out. They got to play their game, but a number of colleges are kicking their students out. And so we might see more forfeits coming up in the near future, which would really suck for a competitive scene. See, I think the reason behind it is that, you know, the cool thing about esports is it's all online. So, like, there's no need to to go meet up and go out in the public or whatever but what's 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 happening is you know these 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 schools are canceling the in like the seated classes and they're moving towards online so the kids are still in school but they're doing it online and so with that being said a lot of the parents are making their kids move back home to finish up the semester um and with that they don't like they're not taking all their stuff and so like they don't have their computers and whatnot and so they have to forfeit a bunch of matches um i don't you know i don't see why you'd make your kid come back home for that i wouldn't i would just make them stay there and finish out the semester but i would too but i mean there's some schools that are closing even the dorms so kids are having to organize a place to stay <clears throat> within like two days and so, oh, that's right. Yeah, they are. Yeah. They are closing in dorms, aren't they? Yeah, I know A and M didn't. I know that I know the A and M dorms are still open, but I know some schools are actually closing their dorms, um, which makes sense, you know, because dorms are pretty close knit quarters, and you know, if if somebody with the coronavirus was in there, it could spread like wildfire throughout the building. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, everyone's trying to do what's best or what they think is best in an extremely unprecedented situation. So, I mean, it sucks that we would lose that we're losing all of our traditional sports and we're losing a lot of these in-person events like the Call of Duty League and the Overwatch League and uh, all of the different DreamHack events and this, that, and the other event going on. A number of collegiate lands like Volan was also canceled. So that sucks. I mean, all of this sucks. Like. It's not a good situation for anyone to be in. And unfortunately for these college Rainbow Six Leagues, we're probably going to see quite a bit of shakeups that might not have happened otherwise. But, I mean, them's the breaks. And we just have to move forward with it and kind of have that asterisk next, next to the season standings and be like, yeah, well, this team won, but dot, dot, dot. We had to deal with this. Well, luckily, as of I think today, uh, Trump declared a national emergency uh, for the coronavirus. Yep. Um, and a lot of people are like, Trump's so dumb, blah, blah, blah. Well, okay. People are too focused on the president himself. Right. And they don't actually focus on like what that means. Um, declaring national emergency basically means that uh, FEMA, which is like the something emergency medical association something or rather um or emergency situation um like agency pretty much gives them um 
ridiculous amount of money um it gives them the opportunity to bring in a ton of doctors and medical experts and stuff like that i think it gives each state each state like 50 billion dollars towards medical services um and i think that's a an excellent starting point at least for tackling this uh this problem head on uh, and i don't think a lot of people understand that <laughs> yeah Federal Emergency Management Agency, and it also allows uh, groups like Medicaid to also loosen their restrictions so that people can be seen and treated and have some of their guidelines loosened because otherwise Medicaid is really tight-knit about who they can actually mm -hmm. serve. So having having this happen today is a good step forward, but yeah, I mean, it's still the situation that we're in, still not ideal, you know? Not ideal, no. <laughs> I imagine you're seeing a bit of it on your off time from the podcast as well. So thank yeah, you for dealing with luckily, it. Luckily, luckily, uh, the national treasure that is Betty White is safe. Just don't worry, people. You know, I'm more worried about I, Tom I, I jokes. I joke about that, but I've been reading a lot of articles and everything, and they have been making sure that people know that Betty White is in fact safe. I don't know why, but she's safe. Tom Hanks too. No, Tom Hanks is not safe. He has well, the coronavirus. He, he has the coronavirus, but he's quarantined with his wife, and you know that they're living right. up well, and they are being treated and taken care of. So we we have hope. Tom Hanks, Betty White, they're being taken care of. All is well in the world. So funny thing about Tom Hanks, right? Uh, as soon as I read about that, I went onto his Twitter and I was looking around to see if he was saying anything about it. He does, but he's a very interesting Twitter. So I started scrolling through a lot Hold of his on. tweets. Just a second, someone's ringing my doorbell. Okay. Someone's ringing his doorbell at 9.50 p.m. But anyway, um, while he's gone, I'll talk about it. So Tom Hanks, right? He's scrolling through Twitter. Uh, I'm scrolling through Twitter, his Twitter. And uh, pretty much all he does is post pictures of like lost socks or gloves that he finds. Um, Not what I was expecting. But is everything okay? Yeah. Uh, it was apparently a package at almost That's 10 o'clock at night. Did you open it up? I feel like it's an Amazon thing. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Not what I was expecting at all. Yeah. Uh, but I was just telling everyone. So I was scrolling through Tom Hanks's Twitter, and all of his posts are um, random pictures of like lost shoes or socks or gloves, um, with like weird quotes to them and i was just like this is this is so weird and then he's he always signs it hanks with an x like a h a n x celebrities it's, man it's it's very it's very odd i i found it really odd but <laughs> i just thought it was interesting that's great um let's see let's bring it back around to uh Rainbow Collegiate. Six. Well, yeah. let's just let's get Pro League out of the way. 
got you retired. The end. <laughs> like we're still in that yeah, pro that league is, drought. And that's it. Yeah, like, we are. Yeah, we're still waiting. Uh, two weeks, one week. I think it's one uh, week actually. Yeah, I think I remember. it's the twenty third or twenty fourth, I believe. Uh, twenty third. Two weeks. Oh, uh, a week and a week and a, a half. week and two days. A week and two days. March twenty third is when Pro League starts back up. So, essentially, we have nothing until then on Pro League, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, Gotcha put out a uh, a statement on Twitter the other day, stating I think it was yesterday, stating that he's uh, retiring from Rainbow Six. Yeah, uh, I'm pulling There's up the tweet. Some good now, and bad things to... to say about that. Yeah, why don't you? Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, Gotcha, you know, contributed. A a lot to the to the Rainbow Six community, and it's you know everyone's pretty sad to see him leave. Uh, but you know, there's also a lot of a lot of talk saying like, oh, you know, good riddance, blah blah, blah um, about Gotcha, you know, with his whole controversial um, existence in the pro league scene. Um, you know, he was he was good on EG for a, for a long time, and then it's like he. W- take everything that i say from here on out as a grain of salt I, I don't i'm not saying that any of this is true or whatnot this is just how it has been seen throughout the community so you know he was good as a coach on eg he was very good and then for some reason um he decided that like he really wanted to, to play um and so he started taking these weird these weird tactics um toward being a player i know he subbed on eg for a little for a little bit and then he left eg um and then he went to tsm as a coach and that's okay you know that was all fine and dandy and then they picked up so they had um picked up jarvis as one of the players on tsm and um you know he, he played very it was a very brief stint um on TSM, uh, uh, Jarvis's stint on TSM. He he came in, played through DreamHack Montreal. They won it, and then all of a sudden, Jarvis was dropped. Everyone's like, "What? Like, what? Where did this come from?" And you know, they're saying that it was a communications thing, which everyone kind of was like, "Okay, that's kind of BS." Because if it was a communications issue, then like, then they wouldn't have won DreamHack, right? Um, but and then so with Jarvis being dropped, it allowed Gotcha to come in and, and play as a player on the team. Um, and everyone's like, "Yeah, Gotcha, you know, playing blah, blah blah. You know, he can play all this stuff." And he played for a long time, and they never they had plenty of time. They never bothered to look for a fifth, and that person's job was Gotcha's. Gotcha's his his job is to look for a player. To recommend to the to the to the owner, be like, hey, we want this player to play on our team. But it never happened. Everyone's like, when are you guys picking up a fifth? And Gotcha's like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, you know. But everyone's like, okay, well, obviously this dude just, you know, it seems like this guy kicked Jarvis off just so, because he wanted to play, mm-hmm. and he, uh, and and you know, he did well uh, as a player, but. 
the thing is is the way he went about it was wrong and everyone kind of started to resent him for that and then he left he left tsm and actually went to eg as a player i guess eg kind of got the hint and they were like hey come play for you know come to our team we'll actually let you play and he was like okay cool and so he went to eg um and then once he started finally getting you know i settled into the comp scene he he didn't do well at all yeah at all didn't do good um and you know their team sunk to the bottom real fast um fast and hard too like there was no doubt about it it's not like they were yeah it's not like they were really competing with anyone else like i think um like sonics was down there and i think reciprocity was struggling for a little bit maybe halfway through one season but like when he was playing like they just boom to the bottom mm-hmm. sunk really really hard and really fast and then at the end of the season eg was like okay obviously you're not meant to be a player so we are going to we're going to bench you so he got uh kicked from eg and then I think Gotcha was kind of like, okay, well, I obviously can't go back as a coach because I've got this reputation now. And I can't go back as a player because I'm not very good at, you know, pro league play. Um, so I don't think I have any other choice but to retire. So yeah, I think he's going to retire. Well, I, yeah. you know, I don't think so. He did retire, you know. So. He did retire um, in his statement his uh, twit longer he uh posted that he had um recently received an offer from a north american pro league team to coach but realized that it's not a financially stable position and so i'll be officially retiring from the pro scene and going back to my normal job now what you're mentioning about reputation and how it kind of precedes you like in the games industry everyone knows each other if you are a loose cannon if you're just not a good team player it will haunt you for years until you get mm-hmm. a chance to really redeem yourself esports is even tighter knit and especially as you go into specific games and everything teams and players and all of the admin know each other like there is no way that they don't know everyone's dirty laundry everyone's weaknesses everyone's like who they're struggling how their personalities mesh or 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 like oil and water with certain people they know this stuff so if any of that reputation is coming back to bite gotcha it's in this form if he knows he can't go somewhere as a coach unless he's actually flaunting like an actual offer from a pro league team because they see something in him and maybe they need something from him I could see the Sonics asking for a coach. I could see any of the other teams who haven't been nearly as successful um, could be like, he was successful-ish as a coach. It's better than where we are. Let's bring him in. Uh, so there's, oh, there's no doubt there's about chances. it. He was, you know, he was an excellent coach. Um, he was he was good at what he did. Um, but the moment he started to he started to decide that he wanted to play and the the way he tried to go about it would just ruined him unfortunately um i think he should have just stuck with what he did best you know (laughs) you know if he really wanted to play then he should have went through the proper channels be like hey like actually you know i i want to you know he should have talked to the to the owner be like hey we need a fifth 
Um, and I really want to be that fifth, you know, I want to, I want to be a player. Um, and then hired a new coach, you know, that, that would have been such a simple thing to go about and do as we know with TSM. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know what his thought process is. His thought process was when in, when he did what he did. Yeah. And I, I, I have to imagine that he's making the, just this decision to leave, or at least leave rainbow six esports i don't know what his normal job is or was that he's going back to but i can only imagine that it's going to be more difficult if he decides to try and come back into esports specifically r6 esports um because i mean the reputation lingers and it stays around for a good long time and i mean esports isn't a financially safe place yet like it's not an industry it's not one that people will know will be around for 20 years 30 years for enough to have a full career right so it's it's a dangerous game he's playing if he is looking to come back into it mm -hmm. i think he was an accountant i if i remember correctly i feel like i was in a stream at one point i think he said that he was an accountant or something that had to do with numbers um which i mean i which makes sense on why he was good with good with uh coaching numbers and stuff like that so yep playing a little money ball yeah well that's it for pro league really <laughs> yeah so we can jump into i'm actually going to start with cr6 now it's maybe syntax and i have been a little critical over the last few episodes about cr6 but here they are. I have found some data that I can use and we can have a conversation, which is phenomenal. I love highlighting these teams, highlighting these matches, and we don't always get the ideal matches from one league or another. And with each league structure being so different, it provides some really cool opportunities for some great narratives. So here's the CR6 narrative among the teams who are 3-0 and going into week four. Now, there are already two teams that decidedly won their fourth week matchup that's texas tech they were up against northeastern university and they won 2-0 so they were i believe they were the first 4-0 team for the season in this stage so congrats texas tech they seemingly kind of came out of nowhere like i've seen them pop up in a couple of different games uh across uh, just out of nowhere kind of texas tech is now becoming a very strong or another very strong Texas school in esports. Um, the second 4-0 team, which I'm surprised with, they've shown some great growth since last spring, Wisconsin Esports Red, so their A-team, Wisconsin State. Um, they only have a round differential of 11 from their opponents, but they 2-0'd Clemson and their uh, A-team, so... Like, they've got something going on. They've been playing winners after winners after winners all the way up to this point with how CR6 is structured. So they were – both Texas Tech and Wisconsin played only other 3-0 and teams. So even though Northeastern and Clemson are now 3-1, and they are still top echelon teams that they were competing against. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we're kind of like – I mean, Texas State – or Texas Tech, Wisconsin, Clemson, Northeastern, not necessarily teams I would have put in the top four or in the 4-0 club or even like a strong winning 
uh, situation, but here they are. But as we get into the rest of the 3-0 and matchups, it's interesting to see more of those names kind of bubbling up. I think we mentioned this last episode, and this just really kind of reiterates that idea that we are starting to see esports clubs that have a precedent of success in Rainbow Six over the last two years now. We've got Akron, of course, Akron. They're still riding high off of their uh, winter or their fall season victories. Now they've kind of they've stumbled in CEA and uh, CRSL, but they seem to be doing okay in CR6. Now they are up against Mississippi State Esports, so I I'm going to have to admit I I like Mississippi State Esports club as a whole. Uh, I know their president, their vice president, their former president. Uh, I've talked to them several times, and they're just a great group of students, and they go beyond what I've heard of a lot of other university clubs doing. So I have to root for them in this matchup, but my my gut is telling me that Akron's going to win. So Akron has a current uh, round differential of 27, while Mississippi State has 20. So it's a pretty close matchup overall i don't know the overall strength of the opponents that they've had to face up to this point but mississippi state proving not to be any slouches at this point uh cu boulder black another very familiar name going up against university of texas san antonio aa team utsaa is also a familiar name with cu boulder black cu boulder I think they tripped at the finish line in like the semifinals, maybe the quarterfinals um, last season for CR6, but they were up there with Akron, near like near perfect all the way through. I think CU Boulder Black was actually the team that uh, gave Texas A&M their first loss of the season last season. Do you remember? I think that was Texas A&M's Maroons' first loss when last season yeah during the fall it was um during semis i think their first yeah, it, loss it was, i yeah, think it was during think, semis and i think it was texas a&m yeah so cu boulder black is very calm a very competent team absolutely it was, High. It was against uh simon frazier Oh, Simon, that's right. There was that upset. Yeah. But CU Boulder Black also got upset. That's what happened. Um, yeah. So two top teams that just kind of fizzled out for one reason or another. So here we are again. CU Boulder Black 3-0. and UTSA also 3-0. and CU Boulder Black only has a round differential of 17. UTSA, 27. I think once we start getting to that mid-20s, you start seeing some insane skill levels coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, actually, going so I think I still have Boulder taking this matchup just because they have that history, but I also have that creeping suspension that or suspicion that UTSA is better now than they've ever been. Uh, University be. of British Columbia, or go ahead. No, I was just agreeing with you. Uh, third matchup, uh, University of British Columbia, gold. Round differential, 17. Another team that's kind of been, I would say, lower upper echelon or higher middle 
echelon kind of trying to crack into that top uh like top 18 uh and then grand canyon university purple their pro their a team round differential 31 gcu has been wow. historically really good or good easily in that top 18 slot every season that i've been covering uh collegiate rainbow six they've been a talented group all the way around and i think last season they didn't finish as strongly as they wanted in the fall but clearly they are coming out strong 30 around differential 31 up against these top teams basically we're we're they're going to really prove themselves like overall there's like 14 teams going into this week that were three and oh by the end of it we're only going to have seven who are four and oh or seven or eight who are four and oh i guess eight so like we're going to be really isolating who's the best of the best very quickly um, mm-hmm. but gcu is still in the running as is ubc gold i have to give this one to gcu personally to gcu yeah yeah me too uh, after that, we have Longhorn Gaming, Orange, another Texas school. Round differential, 34. Guys, we have to stop getting better at some point. Like, this is just... <sighs> these matchups, if they're 34 rounds ahead of all of their opponents in total, like, these must have been, like, 7-1 and one matchups. 7-0 and oh matchups. Like, how do you do that to teams that are historically winning? Mm-hmm. So Longhorn Game is actually UT's main campus. So that's like actual University of Texas. And then UTSA is the San Antonio, San Antonio. satellite. Yeah. I mean, I, I've said it a number of times. I've said it on my other podcasts. Texas is a scary state to deal with in esports. The South <laughs> entirely, but Texas is just... A whole different beast uh, yeah texas for opponent. some reason likes their esports oh man they, they have latched onto it more so than i thought any other state would have i thought i on like personal bias and everything like i i lived in oklahoma for a, for a number of years and my uncle was in texas so it was, it was just like okay i can understand texas culture and everything and they mm-hmm. are so adamant about football. I thought there's no way that they could extend it anywhere else. No, they're just adamant about competition, period. That's how <laughs> that's how I've had to change my mindset. Yeah. And so I almost feel bad for their opponents. Oregon State University. Like, Oregon State University, where the hell did you come from? You've, you've not been anywhere near the top in the last two years. And here you are round differential 17 matching university of british columbia matching cu boulder black and beating out even wisconsin who's been around for a like really kind of trying to clutch up and be with the big dogs and everything but they've earned that spot osu just kind of came out of nowhere and said this is mine (laughs) right so yeah. I feel bad that they have to be the ones to go up against Longhorn because, I, again, I've talked to the guy, a couple of the guys over at OSU, and they're great. Their Call of Duty team is phenomenal, huge dark horses, and I imagine their Rainbow Six is acting very similarly. So 
my hope is that this is a really close game but the fact that Longhorn is double their round differential of OSU I I don't have much hope yeah like I, I wish I wish I knew more about the players to go into this like but if we talked about every 3-0 and matchup at the beginning of the season and we wanted to talk players we would be here all night so kind of grateful that we don't have <laughs> much more context to go over I wish I had more VODs to watch so then I could actually talk about the players yeah I mean seriously I, I'm going to go on a little tangent right now if we took the production of CRSL the structure of CEA and the sheer volume of teams who care about CR6 and we merged them into one super league, it, it, Ubisoft would have no choice but to acknowledge that league and be like, we want you to run our collegiate. That'd be pretty awesome. And also, uh, yeah, I agree. Like, there's so many... Each of these leagues are doing something right. They're doing something that is striking well. They just don't do everything well and it's it's killing me it's killing me uh, I, one of these leagues needs to like realize this and then like copy the other two leagues strengths and put them as their strengths you know or oh, I get, I, you can't really copy the sheer volume of, of supporters but you can copy like uh, organization or like uh no, what what was the other thing you said? Oh, I was going to say just like put your ego aside and say we want to help you. And oh, work like, together in these yeah, and work together. Mer, mer, That's also like, a good idea. Like, be like CR six. Like, we don't have the production staff to do all these streams. CRSL, help us. And then it's like, boom, okay, CRS, CR6 merges to CRSL, done. Yeah, but also, um, every, but all the, you know, nobody wants to share the, uh, the recognition. So, like, right. if, you know, one of their leagues blows up, you know, they want to be like, they want to be the ones to say, I created that league, you know? It's exactly the same as the fighting game scene, fighting game community. <laughs> If you're trying to organize a local and you happen to step on the same day as another event, you will be attacked and hounded and you will be like, it's like angry dogs of uh, packs of dogs. Just like you're in, on my territory. Bark, bark, bark. Get away from us. Like you have no right to do this, even though you're just trying to do something, to make things better. And yeah. I, I really hope that these three leagues and any other leagues that try and spin up that they can find a way to work together collegiate scheduling is already hard enough as it is but to have each other being territorial ugh, that doesn't help anyone and i understand competition among the leagues trying to make something the best and do things that's best for your league and i totally get that and this should be inspiring everyone to do better but so far, it just seems fragmenting, not improving. Yeah. Anyways, I'm off my soapbox, <laughs> off my tangent. Back to the matchups. Uh, UCCS Gold. I couldn't find who this is. 
um oh university of colorado colorado springs that's who it is mm-hmm. came back to me yeah um round differential 28 not who i was expecting really to be at this point i think my guess is that they picked up a player or two who really is really able to run and gun like someone brought some gun skills because the tactical play just isn't there unless you're a top tier team so the main differential and from my perspective is being able to pick up someone who knows how to frag out Would you agree for the collegiate scene? Say that one more time. My computer was freaking out. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I was saying that UCCS must have picked up someone or a couple of someones who are better at fragging out because in the collegiate space, fragging out is going to be more of a differentiator than a strong tactical play unless you're already at that top tier play like Akron, like texas a&m like cu boulder black um like those final teams or the teams who went undefeated all the way up through the playoffs until they finally lost in the in the final tournament right yeah um uh in, in collegiate i think uh strong fragging power is going to be superior to uh to tactical to a tactical approach because um a lot of these teams are focusing a lot on their strategies and that's good uh you know i respect that but they're not practicing very much on their ability to kill the other players so i mean your strategy doesn't mean much if you're not winning your in 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 uh in esports we like to use the term winning our ones which means you winning your one-on-one your your 1v1s your gunfights you know so if you're not winning your ones then your your strategies don't mean anything and so um the teams that are that are really strong gunfighters can can go in and and just knock that strategy down like a like a domino house so yeah that's pretty much what's going on and i mean rainbow six is an entirely different beast than things than games like counter-strike and Fortnite and a lot of the other first-person shooters going on because the value of a gadget the value of a specific operator in your tactics as well as your overall strategy if you lose them before you can have before you can utilize their value it is such a detriment to that round and first bloods just like every other um, game first bloods are incredibly important so when you tack on the incredible value each operator brings to an overall plan and strategy when you might not have the opportunity for someone to even pull in a soft second of being able to do the same role like that's absolutely killer for momentum it's killer for any sort of establishment or morale bonus at all Mm -hmm. so going up against uccs who we are assuming has some bigger fraggers on their team now they're going up against university of central florida black so they're a team as well that'll be that'll be good that'll That'll be be a really good match um and ucf's round differential 34 matching longhorn gaming so seriously two very heavy hitting teams at this point they are if it's not like 
two two maps of seven to five, I'll be surprised. Let's. I'm gonna do some math here. So they've got a round of control of 34, and they've played four matches. They're four and zero. Uh, they're three and zero, and this will be their fourth match. Okay, so three and zero, right? So they since you can tie, so there's a possibility of what 12 rounds per game, per match. Yeah. Or per per map, and then they're playing one map. Or are they playing two, two maps? I believe. They're playing two maps. So. It so might. Actually, I think CR6 I think it's best is... of one right now. Yeah, it is best of one. Yeah, or... not until playoffs. I don't think they get into best of three until playoffs. And then... Um, the grand final right. is, is best of five. That can't be right to have a round differential of 34. No, it does. It means they've only dropped two rounds out of three matches. Jeez. So, um, so 12, you know, 12 rounds, right? Or potentially, right? So, if assuming they went all 12 rounds, right? Uh, well, all. Well, if you went all twelve rounds, then you would you you'd have tied. You wouldn't have won. So, um, assuming they won uh, seven six or seven five, what is that? Seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen. Yeah, I'm a mat, I'm a hand guy. So thirteen rounds. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, they've only dropped like two rounds. Throughout all three maybe matches, I'm, maybe I'm not understanding the round differential then, because if they won seven to five, they only outscored their opponent by two rounds. So then the round differential of their opponent would be two. So they must be playing best. To, they must be playing two maps then. Yeah, it, it's got to be. It's got to be at least. It's got to be at least a best of two. If not a best, but it's of best of three. It's a best of three because if you win two zero, it's a best of three. Yeah. Oh, so, uh, maybe I mean, they're playing. Maybe they're playing two maps, but they can tie. You know, if one one wins one, the other wins another, because there's yeah. tie points, right? Well, actually, you know, we answered our own question because Texas Tech beat Northeastern two two to zero, two to zero. So they're at least playing two maps, probably a third map, because I think it's only um, CRSL who's doing best of two per map or per match. Okay, so there's no ties in CR6? I don't believe so, no. Okay. Um, so they're doing best of three, right? Um, with a 12, 12 times two is 24, 24 times three is... Uh, 24, 48, 72, 72 rounds total. Um, if they had to go that far, yeah. So, assuming they've won 2 0 every single game, which I'm assuming they have, um, 14, 28, 42, so it's 24. So, out well, of... it's uh, 12, 24, 20, oh, it's 72 rounds total, yeah, because they won two maps. 
Um, I don't know. There's so many. There's so many <laughs> variables. You can't really do the math. No, it didn't matter. But uh, they are kicking ass. <laughs> yeah, a plus thirty-four round differential is is really good. So, and they're not the only teams with thirty-four. So, one of the other matchups. So, UCCS Gold versus UCF Black. That's going to be a really good matchup. I, I I put my faith more in UCF Black just because they've had a history of being in the top teams for a long for at last two years. I I mean UCF has been around UCCS. I want to say that they were lower mid tier a year ago, but they've clearly done some work and improved or gained some new roster members who have helped them out. The next matchup to go with the round round differential 34 club boston college i don't i cannot remember where boston was in the fall or even the year prior so to see them with a round differential 34 it it's impressive absolutely uh and boston I, college I, I remember has been they've been around since i started playing since i was playing um uh, they've been around for a couple seasons, probably two or three now. Um, I remember them being pretty good. Uh, okay. I think they made it to playoffs. I don't remember how well they, how far exactly they made it, but I know they made it to at least playoffs in every single season. They kind of, uh, they formed a team and then they joined CR6 and then like they were kind of a powerhouse, you know, right off the bat it wasn't like a, a, a new team starting like they had formed a team i think of all like really good players and then they had made it pretty far i got you i mean that makes sense and like the fact that you can recall them just kind of goes to show that like they've been around they've been doing a lot of good work and they've just been part of the scene so maybe this mm -hmm. is just the time that they're due and they've and they've hit their stride at this point but they are up against Northern Arizona University, uh, whose round differential 21, not nearly as good, but still you're looking at that 20 club, 20 mid 20 club of round differential. So, you know, they've smacked their opponents around pretty good. Um, yeah. Whether or not they gave up rounds because they were trying something different because they had a comfortable lead and they felt like doing something different or they decided to have fun, that kind of stuff. It's hard to say, but I mean, 21 is nothing to laugh at by any means. Now, I don't really know anything about either of these clubs, so to me it's a toss-up of who could win this one. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to see who wins it, because I don't, I mean, yeah, it's kind of like flipping a coin for those two teams. Now, my favorite matchup, and this is what I'm calling my match of the week, and you'll be excited about this. CSULB, so California State University, Long Beach, round differential, 35. Versus 35. Wow. Texas A&M Maroon. Oh, revenge match. So round differential, 21 for Texas A&M. And so there's, there's definitely history between these two teams. So... This was even the season before I started Check Your Six podcast. Texas A&M and CSULB, they were knocked out in separate rounds by the two teams. 
So it was basically third and fourth overall. And so they were very much tight with each other. And then the first year I covered uh, CR6, I believe uh, CSLB knocked out Texas A&M in the semi or in the court, like the, the finals. In right the quarterfinals. Uh, yeah. yeah, they they knocked us out in the quarterfinals. That was the that was the season I first started playing. Um, they knocked us out in the quarterfinals, um, and they beat us hard. Like there was like nothing we could do against them. And then that next season, we came back and we absolutely annihilated them. I don't yep. know what the the difference was. Maybe we just got better, or maybe they just didn't practice or could have been a little bit of both um but we had come back with the same the same players um but we came back and we just absolutely stomped them and then ended up stomping uh the the victors of the first season right uh ucsd so so we are continuing that tradition like to me this is this is now my favorite grudge match like i don't know if there's any actual like animosity or rivalry when you talk to the teams about this matchup but i've seen it enough times and even gone back to history before i was even watching this stuff or paying attention to it to see that it was still there so i'm excited about this matchup because this this is the start of potentially something like cr6 can really latch on to any of these college leagues could really latch on to is like the bad blood CSULB versus Texas A&M like it's just an exciting matchup and these teams have been really good historically really good and at the top of these leagues so they know what they're doing they know how to play this game they're tactical they're strategic and they're fraggers so anyone can clutch up and pull out a crazy play anything so this is just one I'm hoping gets streamed or that there's a VOD of for me to watch Hmm. so that's my round of my match of the week uh, I it's hard for me to give an edge out to someone but I, I think I have to go CSULB because that round differential 35 just says they are so damn strong yeah and that's CR6 like to me that is a successful week when I can look at that and be like there is some meat here there are matchups to be excited about and these are teams that are proving their worth and they are proving that they're at the top of this league so i mean that's what is that that's seven eight nine eight uh, 18 teams right here 18 teams that are giving us a story that are giving us matchups to talk about who are proving that when you watch these matchups, you're going to see good gameplay. You're not going to be mm-hmm. seeing David and Goliath and Goliath just stomp on everyone and just be like, well, that's how we saw it happening even before the matchup started. These are games that could go any way. And the only reason why you would pick one team or another is because you know a history about them already. God, I love CR6. When this <laughs> stuff lines up, it just feels so good to talk about it. <laughs> I'm I might just be the nerdiest collegiate esports fan out there. And collegiate esports is fun because like it's it's this growing um 
I don't know. It's just, it's like this growing entity and like there's so much potential within it. And um, not everybody has kind of climbed on board yet, but like, I think whenever it, it, it explodes, I just can't wait to see everyone's like reaction and like, you know, future support for this uh, in esports. And, and I mean, now is a, a crazy time with all the traditional sports being canceled with, school being canceled and these leagues like cr6 crsl cea operating outside of school schedules but they've already validated Mm -hmm. who are students they can keep running this stuff twitch is probably going to have twitch and youtube are probably going to have some of their biggest weeks in the in the following few weeks for esports it's going to be insane and like even the nba is directing teams to watch the nba 2k or the 2k league which is crazy. And mm-hmm. so this this is going to be a hugely formative time and a time when there's a lot of scrutiny on this. So whether it's really prevalent up front or if you're in the back channels or like in any of the esports leadership discords um, that I'm in, there's going to be conversations about this, which uh, I'm nerding out again. I'm sorry. This is just, <laughs> this is my jam. This is what I do in my off time. So I'm gushing. I apologize. Anyways, uh, CRSL, I found some standings, so this is good. Uh, I found some match history, but I can't go into a whole lot of it because, honestly, it's kind of hard to make heads or tails of some of it. But what we can say, we've got four groups in CRSL. These are the... So we have the trials and then the two qualifiers from DreamHack Anaheim and the two invitees who were the first place and second place team from last season to create our 32 teams in this invite league divided up into four different groups of eight teams. We can look at seeing that, and this is where the problem is with the data, with CRSL. It's not up to date. They're in their third week of matches and... It doesn't look like anyone on this website has played their third match. And there's some teams who are registering as zero games played, while others have two games played, others have one game played. And so it's really hard to actually put a lot of faith in these ranks. So it's it's hard to say. But for the teams who are 2-0, the teams who are at the top, I feel comfortable even commenting on this. So New York Tech... They've been around. They've been a pretty good team. Uh, I could see how they might um, do well against some of these other teams that, honestly, I haven't heard of some of them. So in their group, UNC Charlotte, good team. Miami University, I think that they're an okay team. Uh, Wilfred Laurier University, never heard of them. So I don't know how that's going to go. Sheridan. They've been a a competitive team, for sure. I think they've had hot and cold spots. Humber, R6, haven't seen them. Uh, OTU, Aqua. Ohio Tech, Oregon Tech, I don't, I can't, I don't know. So, (laughs) hard to say. Uh, And then Norwich, uh, they've been around. They've been doing okay. Uh, Or they were better in the fall of 2019. Or, sorry, fall of 2018 than they were this last year or they're doing right now they're zero and two um so i can see why new york would be at the top of that list in that group 
Charger Blue, uh, so Group B of the left bracket, as it is codenamed. Charger Blue, they've been coming out swinging in a number of leagues, so I don't know what school they actually represent, but they're always Charger Blue. Um, for some reason, Boise is coming to mind. I don't know why, but 2-0 there. Uh, you said Boise? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Okay, so there you go. Uh, Longhorn Gaming, so round differential of 30-some in CR6. They're only listed at a 1-0 team. They might be on par with Charger Blue, just don't know. So same group, Louisiana Lafayette, LSU, Texas A&M Maroon, the AFK Experience. We've talked about that team a couple times. I think the that AFK was a, experience. I think that was a Northern Arizona University team. Yeah, it was. Uh, and then Arizona State University Gold and University of Texas San Antonio A. And we were just talking about UTSA A and CR6 being a highly competitive team, and yet here they are 0-2. They are the bottom of their group. So did they get lucky in some of their matchups in CR6? Hard to say. But with 140 teams where they're only just playing the winners of each round, basically, at this point, it's possible that they've gotten lucky. 0-2 in a team or in a group that has Arizona State, Northern Arizona, Texas, Louisiana, Louisiana Lafayette, Longhorn, and Charger Blue. I could believe that that team, UTSA, is or UTSA A is two and zero in that group. I could believe that, mm-hmm. but the data doesn't give me anything to really latch onto. The names are, which is just what we have to live with. <laughs> I really like that group. That seems like a group of death to me. I would not want to be playing in that group. Yeah, no, I don't want to play in that group either. Like, that's a scary group, right? Yeah. Uh, moving on to Group A from the right bracket. I love these names. Uh, Auburn University, 2-0. They've been around. They've been okay-ish, if memory recalls. Uh, FIU, 1-0. Yeah, they've been good. University of Akron Gold. Yeah, there's Akron sitting one and one in that group. Um, Bulin Bearcats, you looked them up last time. I don't, I don't know where they're from. I can't. Remember. I still don't know either. Uh, University of Tennessee, uh, Knoxville, Orange, one and one. Okay, University of Tennessee's been around. I think that's about right where they belong. Uh, Virginia Commonwealth University sitting at. Zero zero and zero. I don't know what they're doing. Zero zero and zero. Yeah. Uh, Wisconsin Red zero and one, so one loss, and yet they are one of our undefeated four no teams in CR six. And then yeah. Elon. I don't know who Elon is. Um, I don't know if this is an AFK experience naming themselves off of Elon Musk or if there is an actual Elon University, but shorthand they're just elon but they're zero and two so i can't be surprised with that their their name certainly doesn't mean much to me at this point and then going into group b of the right bracket colorado frost I, i'm guessing that's just a color 
differentiator. So Colorado is that University of Colorado Boulder. Colorado Springs, is this their main campus? I don't know, but they're 2-0. and uh, And I haven't seen them anywhere else. Uh, Nor Northern Arizona University Gold, 2-0 and in that group. University of Utah. I don't think Utah has been really anywhere on the map in CR6 the last two years. They've been there, so either. but they haven't really been a contender. They're 1-0 at this point. Okay, you're going to have to help me with this one. CGC UIC SOL. What in the world? CGC space UIC space SOL. I don't know. They're one and one. They must be doing all right. While you they actually them. have a. There's a VOD. I found a VOD on YouTube. What the hell? <laughs> of them versus Colorado Frost uh, from Space Productions. Yep, that would be them. Uh, that would have been uh, last week. Uh, I didn't know that. I, don't, I need to... Let's see how many videos. Space... Well, okay, they actually have... They put up VODs of every single match. Okay, I need to go back to the. I'm gonna save this YouTube channel because I need to go nice. back. I'm gonna go watch them. But uh, yeah, it doesn't say it does. There's it says like CGC blah 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 versus Colorado Frost, but who doesn't actually? Who the hell uh, are they? Yeah, there is Enemies. no CIU. You. U-I-C-S-O-L. What the freaking A? Part of me hopes that that S-O-L is their their color name that a lot of other teams use, or like A and B. I just want them to be like this, the B team, and it's just like shit out of luck. Okay, I think it. I think I found it. <laughs> Competitive gaming club at U-I-C. So CGC UIC. So whatever UIC is. Iowa? It's possible it's even just like a community college. UIC college. University of Illinois, Chicago. There we go. Okay, Illinois, Chicago. They've been around. They've done well. What does what SOL stand for? Shit out of luck as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is... <laughs> I like it. Yeah, so I mean, like, th this, this is part of my problem with collegiate. And overall, um, CRSL... I, I remember they did a really good job of outlining the team name, the team acronym, the school that they're for, but that data is just not in, in accessible while you're looking at their matchups and their brackets and everything. Part of these names just need to be always identifiable, period. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, and going back to the problem with these leagues is that, like, CRSL is not updating their data. So, like, the website from week one, 
is missing results from two of their matchups. Week two is missing one of their matchups, while week three has already recorded one of their matchups. And one of the, ma- the matchup that's missing from week two, ASU Maroon versus University of Utah, they don't have that result for week two, but University of Utah has already recorded their matchup for this week. And University mm-hmm. of Utah is missing their data from week one. So where is it? When can we get consistent data? This is what I'm saying when I'm talking about the weaknesses of each of these leagues. They each have something that they're stumbling on, and there's something that another league is doing well or better than another <laughs> league. So it's more of that. Um, so CGC, UIC, SOL in the middle of the pack. Uh, UCI, so University of California, Irvine. They've always been around. Um, ASU Maroon. 0-1, Texas Tech University. Another 4-0 team in CR6 is 0-2 in CRSL. And that's against uh, Uni- University of Texas San Antonio B team. That's against ASU Maroon, UCI White, University of Utah, Northern Arizona University, Colorado Frost. Um, like, how are these teams beating Texas Tech when they are beating other dominant teams in CR6. Different day, any given Sunday type mentality, I guess. Yeah. Uh, That's it for CRSL. Um, I really hope that they can get their data really sorted out so that um, we can really comment on how these teams are performing in each of their divisions and what it means looking as we go towards their playoffs. Now, season two... For CRSL is let me bring up the format again see how many more weeks of group play we have so this is week three it goes through March 15th so some of these teams have until what is that Sunday yeah Sunday to record their matchups for week three but we have six more weeks or five more weeks of group stage so these groups of eight will be playing each other they will play everyone once and then one match, I believe, outside of their division, uh, which is great. I, I love that cross um, play. Uh, so we will see how that all pans out. And then it's, what is it? Top four teams advance to play-ins. So if you're not in the top four, you're out. And that's that's how it's running. So I believe any team that goes 0-3 is likely to be out. 0-2, you're likely to either just barely make the cut through round differential or whatever tiebreaker CRSL is using, or just be out. So that's a little scary. Uh, so then, yeah, so that's five more weeks there, and that will and then playoffs are two weeks through. That will take us through May, basically. So lots of CRSL to go through. Uh, the CEA browsers being weird. One second. I got all my PC parts sitting right next to me, 
going to they're not put in it your together. computer they're just sitting next they're, to you i got so i got my case this afternoon and i had my motherboard and processor show up yesterday and then i realized i forgot to order the thermal paste so i have to wait until tomorrow Oh, you just go to Best Buy and buy some. I think they sell Arctic Silver there. I, I mean, I got it's being delivered at like eight a.m. tomorrow, so I got it. Oh. I just had to wait for it, and it's just like, oh, I wanted to like I was going to put it together right after this episode, but no such luck tonight because I spaced it. But <laughs> and I mean, like I'm looking at Discord right now as we're recording, and I see my face all choppy and ugly, and it's gross, and I'm like, oh my god, quality, you're killing me. But it will be a thing of the past. Can't wait till next week when you have all that new stuff and everything is perfect quality. Oh my god. Well, it's still gonna be be my hokey disc or my hokey graphics and everything and trying to make it look good. But Yeah, but at the same time, like like the podcast and you streaming everything, like the new processor is gonna really help with that. And then I can actually get back to streaming too. I'm I've been missing even just playing for shits and giggles some Fortnite and just going in and being weird about in a going into squads as a solo and making it to the top 10 is such a thrill for me. It's so good. <laughs> Honestly, like uh, uh, you can go into Fortnite and then you can just like run around. Like I feel like half the time I never like see anyone. And then like before I know it, it's already like, eight people left i'm just like i haven't seen a single person there's already like eight people left see that's my strategy i always go where nobody goes and then i'm just like a, a field mouse hopping from building to building like no confrontation whatsoever see the thing the, the the thing i hate about fortnite is is you never see anyone right until it's like 10 people left and then the first person you come across bill like you see them they see you and with like like nanoseconds they've got like this fortress built and you're just like right. i give up dude like this guy obviously is gonna kill me like just doesn't even want a gunfight dude he just instant like just builds like this this 10 this 10 story tall castle just like <sighs> yep just gunfight me dude just just gunfight me just, just, just don't even build me, please me. uh let's see Let's see, CEA. So I like their, their stats set up. It's a, kind of a little wonky still. And they have some different rules for how they score everything. So I would need to refresh on that before I'm comfortable saying how they're scoring everything. But if we want to look at the top teams. So we'll, we'll look at the... Uh, I would, uh, we'll do top five with a guest star of six. So we'll do top six. Uh, number one at the moment, Rochester or RIT. Like they've been competitive in other games. I I can't remember how competitive they've really been in CR six, uh, in CR six or in Rainbow Six. I can't remember how well they've done in CR six. Um, so right now they are at the top. They're top dogs. Round differential fifty three wow okay what and of course this is where everything falls down the full list has different data than the group list 
Now, I don't know if the group list is taking into account the cross-division matches that everyone has played one of so far, but it looks like round differential 53, which is just absurd. And it looks like all the teams in their group, the Percival group, so RIT, New York Tech, University of Maryland College Park, and North Carolina State University, they've all been playing their matches. They have all been stomped by Rochester, it looks like, or RIT. Um, New York Tech is in second with six points and round differential six. Maryland and North Carolina, they're in the negative round differential, so they are getting demolished by, like, negative 19, negative 22. They're being demolished, period. And I think if they scored any points, it's probably from their cross-division playlist, or their cross-division matchup. Number two, uh, team overall, Pennsylvania State University. So first place in the Lancelot division. Um, they are over the top of Rochester Institute of Technology, or RIT's B team. So RIT, two teams in in this invite-only league, which is impressive, to say the least. Um, Pennsylvania, only around differential of 11. Uh, so it's Pennsylvania, RIT, B, University of Florida, four points, round differential, two and Ontario Tech University with negative 14. Ah, so that's OTU Aqua. So that was the Aqua team that we talked about. Um, oh, okay. Ontario Technology. There you go. <laughs> and this <laughs> is why we need three different leagues to get all the right information about who the hell is playing. <laughs> Anyways, so uh, third place overall, first place of the Mordred division, uh, Carnegie Mellon, they've been good. They've had some success um, making some runs into playoffs in CR6, so it's good to see them here again. Uh, round differential 28, doing pretty well there. It's Mordred, so they're up against Rutgers University, University of Wisconsin. So that's uh, Wisconsin Red, so 4-0 club in CR6. The I think they were 0-2 in CRSL, and... University, and here they are, third place overall, but they're only one point behind Carnegie Mellon and Rutgers, so it's a tight race in this group. Uh, and then there's George Mason University at negative 16 round differential with only two points. So they're if they could turn it around and win handedly, they could be in the running for a second place or a first place run if they can turn around the rest of their matches. But that would be astronomically difficult for them to do so uh let's see then we have university of akron in first place in the galahad um division but that's fourth overall and they are they don't have a lead whatsoever in this division they're only up by two points the round differential is 14 versus arizona state university's three points and five round differential so Arizona State could easily make a move and surpass Akron in terms of points. Uh, Virginia Tech, one point, negative 19 round differential. The only reason why they're in third is because San Jose State University ended up disbanding, and so there is no team to fill that spot. So 
fourth place is just the team that's perpetually forfeiting. So that sucks, and that does compromise a little bit of the competition, but at the same time, seeing the difference between how Arizona's performing and how Virginia Tech is performing, it's there's no doubt that Virginia Tech's not going to be first or second place in that division. Yeah. So then, let's see. After Akron and fourth, you have University of Wisconsin, um, Madison, so Wisconsin Red in fifth place, and guest starring. I called them out in um, the CRSL as the top of their division. New York Tech, eight points tied with University of Wisconsin. They have a negative round differential, which I find to be pretty funny. Um, but here they are, top six overall, and. It's all about the points At the, in this league. It's definitely all about the points. They have a weird setup where you can tie, where tying and then winning is a different point value than tying and losing and tying and tying and winning and winning is different than losing and losing. Like there's different points for whatever, however the two best of two lands itself. Um, so it's pretty peculiar, but it's bringing out some interesting point totals. So like 17.3 for RIT and 13.3 for Pennsylvania State. And then a three-way tie for 8th, ninth, and 10th place at 6.7 points. How that all works oh. out, I don't really know. Huh. Yeah, so it's something to look into. It looks like... they. The, one thing I do like about CEA and how they're portraying these stats is that they're telling you how many matches each team has played. So University of Akron, being that they're in Galahad where San Jose dropped, you know that they're only going to have six matches total. And then the other teams, they're going to have eight matches. So it's going to be it's going to be weird how they match that up. But I can see that RIT has played five of their eight matches while um, University of Florida has only played four of their eight. So given that collegiate scheduling is a little wonky and it's whatever best fits each team, this kind of helps give you that incremental progress of where these teams are in their schedule and in the season, as opposed to like how we're waiting for CRSL and CR6 to be like, okay, end of the week is Sunday. You can play your match anytime in between there. And we don't know when we're going to have data to commentate on that week, really. So it, it's a it's a little different formatting, but it's another piece of data that I do appreciate, so that we can talk through the season and what what these teams have ahead of them. And that's pretty much it. I mean, we're going to be going through more of like we have five more weeks of crsl we have i believe what are we four weeks into cr6 so we have another four weeks before we go into group or into phase two i believe and then cea goes through invite league week eight goes through the end of march and doesn't look like it doesn't look like they've populated april yet or maybe it's just slow 
yeah there we go so it'll go into the quarterfinals into uh april so through the end of this month we will find out who's going into the playoffs for cea and then by the end of april we will have um the spring league championship so we're like a quarter of the way through the season which is pretty good um i'm hoping to catch some more matchups i i've been enjoying seeing more of the notifications from all three of the leagues saying that they're streaming more matches and showing off what they've got and more of that publicity for each of the teams so texas a&m akron new york tech um uh, cgc uic sol like even they get an opportunity <laughs> to be called out in a couple of leagues now um or ontario tech like more these more leagues mean more matches streaming which means we actually get more context on each of these teams so if one league can't stream everything and have a bunch of games for everyone then we lean on multiple leagues to run a few streams each week which to me is fine by me of course the only yeah. thing that would help the only thing that would help would be more teams streaming their matches but I also understand the competitive edge that that takes away. You said more teams streaming their matches? Yeah. And yeah. broadcasting it, like really advertising that they are streaming their matches. That would be like the most important bit is like really putting it out there that they are doing stuff, which is another soapbox for me, but I won't get into it. Uh, seeing as we've gone quite long already today we've we've had some tangents and some other details going on which hey maybe it's a good thing pro league's not back because then we'll be running into like two hour episodes oh i know gonna have gonna have to get our uh espn like matchups decided and discussed in 15 seconds or less yeah, we're gonna have to like we're gonna have to condense our data down. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna have to just start doing some more research ahead of time, but I, it's really hard because with these other leagues formatting their data and having their vods and the schedules being weird, uh, it's really hard to compile something consistently in a timeline that also works for you and I to put together. So, I mean, mm -hmm. there was a huge conversation today about collegiate esports scheduling. Like, it's all over the place. And if you're looking at leagues like these three leagues that are outside of school bounds and they're not part of, like, a conference or anything, it just makes it even more difficult to really organize and really compensate and accommodate for the school schedules that each of these schools have that are wild, that vary wildly from one another. So it's kind of a crapshoot, but like we'll do the best we can for sure yeah well any any thoughts on any of the collegiate stuff i know i kind of just went through matchups and results at the moment but like we, we talked about it a little bit last week where these schools and some of these names are becoming prevalent across these leagues and are becoming like top tier names yeah i mean um I totally had something to say. I'm brain farted. Um, the these teams coming in, um, honestly, like 
it's really surprising uh, with these new teams coming in and then just, um, you know, being powerhouses. I mean, I guess I, I, I can't really be surprised. I mean, I, the chances are that, like, you know, a couple of schools are going to have, like, good players and they're going to form a team and then come into the collegiate scene and and, uh, and, and start to dominate, you know. But uh, it's good to see... Um, good players come in and play collegiate instead of um not playing collegiate because they don't think there's enough competition maybe um because having all these good players in collegiate is going to give these lower level players more experience playing against high ranking individuals um and that's what they need because um you know these lower level people they they hate playing against high level people because they're like oh they stomp us all the time well well that's how you get better you're not going to get any better by playing uh the, the same level the same skill level as you you know that's that's the reason that i got a lot better is because i started playing i i yeah i might get beat by you know i you know, I play in the platinum level, but you know, I might get beat at you know by a bunch of diamonds, but that's okay to me because I learn from them. I I take everything that they do, you know, the, the places they kill me, the strategies they use against me, and I, I I learn from it. And the more that I learn, the better I get. Um, it, that's just how it works. You know, you you have to play those that are better than you. And I mean, beyond just playing them, like you have, you have to expose yourself to better players because when you lose, you have that footage of what you lost to, and you you have to be able to record it and review it. Like, which is why I'm excited that Rainbow Six is introducing replays coming sometime in the next year, because that's going to be something that raises the entire competitive scene a lot, in that they get to review even their ranked matches. They get to review anything that they play and have all the perspective that they need. And that's one thing that's just missing right now is like everyone's having to piece together off of their performance and what they've happened to catch in a VOD by an outside observer or just by someone else from their team who happens to be streaming or recording it at that time. Not necessarily someone who is looking for what the opponents were doing and trying to really help improve your gameplay everything up to this point has been how can you improve your play with imperfect data replays mm -hmm. are going to be huge and exposing yourself to losing and having that evidence and data to go off of to improve it's going to bring cr6 crsl cea to a whole different level as soon as there's replays consistent replays yeah I think that's a pretty solid end note to go off of. So if there's anything else you want to say, I think now's the time to say it. No, I don't think I have anything else. Sweet. Me either. I'm done. Put a fork in me. <laughs> it's Friday. It is okay. Friday. Well, you have a nice Friday night. Enjoy some gaming. Enjoy some sleeping in, hopefully. All right, take it easy, everyone. Thanks for joining us, and thanks for listening. See you next week.